save the king. Hello and welcome to the the first episode of Pod Save the King. Uh, I'm your host, Zoe Forsey, and I'm joined as always by our royal editor, Russell Myers. Is it does it sound normal to you yet, Russell? No, of course not. Good <laughs> afternoon. I mean, it's it's all a bit strange, isn't it? We are getting used to a new era and we are taking along for the ride our loyal band of listeners. I'm sure there will be uh, a deluge of new ones in this whole new adventure we are going to go on together. But of course, I think it sounds, um, it all sounds, sounds still a little weird to me, but you know, I'm sure we we'll get used to it. it. We definitely will. And just before we kind of hit the ground running, because we've got lots to catch up on, because we've not actually sat down for a couple of weeks uh, with you, Russell, and um, we will be coming to you, even though the name has changed, everything else will still be the same. We'll still be on the same socials. You still listen to us in the same places. And I know we are today coming to you a day later, but we will carry on as, as Thursdays as normal. It's just because, well, Russell's been out doing lots of fun things, uh, which well, is why we're recording me. a I day mean, later. You, you, so, are, yeah. you are being very, very kind, but it is my fault. So I will take no, it's the absolutely rap on fine. this occasion. It means you've got lot. We will swap you a day late if you have lots of royal stories from your <laughs> travels as a, as a swap seat. But before we start, well, not before we start, let's jump straight in with King Charles's first month on the throne. Now, kind of lots of little bits that we've had dropping in because obviously we've got a fortnight's worth of things so we're just going to kind of talk through all the things that have seen quick fire quick fire quick so fire. quick fire yeah. new coin what do you think of the new coin well i mean as coins go i mean <laughs> it's quite a good one but what i found was really interesting is not only because we i think did we touch upon the royal cipher last week yes. or a couple of weeks ago we touched upon that obviously a new coin the new coin with the new king's face on is the side profile is uh is coming up no crown Obviously not because I think that that's how it goes. It's uh, the fact that he hasn't been, hasn't had his coronation yet, which is a lot of, of discussion with over the last couple of weeks, which we'll come on to. But um, there is still going to be a queen or a late queen coin out. Easy for you to say. A late queen coin is still coming out because that was commissioned before the queen's uh, death and passing. And so that is still going to be put into circulation that the Royal Mint have said that they're still going to make it because it would be a big shame. Oh. And I think this is obviously one of the, uh, oh gosh, I mean, going out on the limb here, but pro- obviously one of the only times that this has happened that they uh, they obviously don't want to get rid of all these, um, these coins. Although it's a 50p coin for the Queen, but it's cost you about 17 quid. Or something. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, so it's like a collector's one rather than the ones yeah. that are in yeah, circulation. You can't, you can't take it down to pay for your, your local. I mean, what even chocolate bar could you get for fifty p any anymore? There we go. This Very is an, on another episode of Very how true. old Russell is. <laughs> yeah, but yes, we've got the new coin, which is great. The not having the crown on is really interesting. I didn't, I didn't kind of clock that straight away. It took me, a, it took a while for me to kind of realise why it looked a bit weird, and then I was like, I figured out what it was. And what else have we had? There's obviously there will be the new stamps, and the posts have all changed, haven't they? Because we've lost the er from them and we now have yes. charles's um oh and and you know what so in britain and uh, if you if you're part of our huge legion of international listeners you will have heard possibly us talk about the ciphers before the sort of elizabeth regina and george regina and, and now it is charles regina the caroline is it the caroline i get this confused the carolina 
Caroline era. Oh. Carolina era. Anyway, so uh, and um, it's really interesting to go around and spotting the uh the if you can spot different post boxes because obviously on the post boxes they say er and we found a gr one the other day which is pretty pretty old oh, i mean that, you so know, you did talk, i you go, you've ruined seven, my story oh, i found one as well i was in i was up in lanark well, in scotland and i was about to impress with that fact and I feel well that, that is that's even more impressive <laughs> that you found it north of the border so you know i i won't rain on your parade where did you find yours uh, it was just outside lanark i took a photo of it to put on the podcast actually did you take a picture of yours no, but I can do because it's very close to my house. Oh, really? So we oh. should, we should, we will aim to do that. There we go. And uh, and and, com- and compare our GR post boxes. Um, I mean, surely that's the, as late as they go, isn't it? I yeah, mean, I can't imagine thought. they go. Yeah, further back. But um, if if they do, and if you know of any sort of old signia, yeah, then get in touch Please because we'd, we'd love to we'd love to see it, and we'll feature it on on the uh, on the Instagrams. And so my understanding of this as well is that they're not going to go around and change all of them. They're just going to, when they need replacing, they'll be replaced with the Charles. That's right. Sure. I mean, it? obviously that'll be a big deal, won't it? Remember when they put the gold post boxes uh, yeah. all around for the Olympia, the gold Olympians, when they'd won their gold medals in, I think, was that back in 2012 that they did all that? Yep, it was. Because obviously Watford it was a home got, game. Yep, Gosh, Watford still got the Anthony like Joshua one very proudly on display in our high street. I see, and um, that I imagine there will be you know, quite a big deal about it, mate, because obviously now we've got the, the the coins, the stamps are coming out. We had the first, uh, we saw the first CR printing in the Buckingham Palace post room. That's when it was first released, and then we will uh, no doubt get a post box in good time. So, very very interesting. So yeah, I'm yeah, I'm actually weirdly fascinated about it now. So how far can you go back to get a post box? <laughs> when were post box when was post boxes invented? When was the Royal Mail invented? I'll do a quick Google now. Oh. I mean, you can keep talking. Okay. I mean, well, here we go. Fifteen sixteen as a government department. That's oh, pretty old. So then when did when did the you know Royal the, the rejoined yeah. Royal stunt start being used? Anyway. Well, there you go. Whole new uh We've whole gone new down a rabbit hole and we've got we've got yeah. far too much to get pull through it back, to go into. Pull it back. Come on. <laughs> uh now so also we had that photo, other thing to kind of mention is we had that lovely photo of Charles Camilla, Kate and William, which was taken at a reception shortly after the Queen died. Um and that just for me really highlighted the kind of future of the royal family. Was you know obviously we know that Charles wants this kind of slim down monarchy, and to see the four of them there, I think just really illustrated that well. Well, I mean, this is an incredible photograph uh, by taken by Chris Jackson of Getty, who is just um, he's a, a huge, huge beyond rising star these days. I mean, he's taken some of the most iconic photographs of the last few years of the royal family. And um, I was with Arthur Edwards yesterday um, speaking. Uh, about royal matters and he was telling me uh, obviously the son's legendary royal photographer and he was telling me what uh, an incredible not only incredible photograph this was because it not only shows the the future of the monarchy and they're all looking rather i think he said um rather positive about the future and it gives you a feeling of positivity and that the, the monarchy is in good hands the country is in good hands and that certainly i think there is sort of a groundswell of emotion for the four at the top of course the queen queen consort uh, the king the queen consort and the prince and princess of wales 
and they will be definitely working more in tandem with each other in order to try and get their messages out. I mean, certainly we've we've seen a bit of the uh, the Prince and Princess of Wales this week going over old ground, it must be said. I know we're going to come on to that a little bit later. Um, but also the, the King and Queen Consul out and about, not only thanking the people who have made the uh, the Queen's funeral and her and her passing such a a memorable, solemn, historic occasion. It passed without incident. There was an awful lot of people who, who were responsible for, for for that undertaking. But 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 also getting out and thanking the people that, that made that possible. Um but also looking to the future and and there there is there is a real sense of positivity, I feel, within the palaces there is definitely a want to to get on with the job. I know that uh, the king first, of course, we everyone will know that the king, in his initial statement to the nation and the, the the world, he said, "You know, my role, my life is going to change, and it would, and it, of course, it will def- definitely change." Um, we don't really know how much that will be at the moment. One of the big things, I suppose, is that the He's, he's essentially been stopped from going to COP26 and certainly the palace have, have not pushed back on that. Um, or 27, of course, uh, COP27, which is the um, the UN climate change conference that happens every year. It's happening in Egypt next month. Uh, Charles was definitely um, keen to go. Uh, the Queen made a landmark speech last year. She would have gone in person had she uh, had she not had those mobility problems. And certainly, I, I, I mean, I'm still struggling with the reason that Charles has not been able to go. And even though he did say his role would change, I think that this is one of the things that he would have felt didn't need to change, if that makes sense. And so, you know, what, what will his role with the government? I mean, the government is in complete disarray if you're following the news at the moment. Um, and whether this government will last... The end of this podcast is probably quite, a, <laughs> quite an interesting question because it's been going from bad to worse. But um, we are living in very interesting times. And, and I think it, it, it just feels like we are in such a furious pace. Will Charles want to keep up um, with this furious pace that has been set? Will he want to rein it back? I, I think that he will, will, will still want to keep up, um, to keep up the efforts because... He hasn't really got. He's, he's obviously not going to have a, a such a, a long, um, illustrious period on the throne as, as his mother um, had once had. So he uh, he really needs to make his mark in as short a time as possible. So with that comes big opportunities, I think. And so I think you'll see quite a rapid succession of uh, events and engagements and tours and big. That's a big momentous announcement, but I think you'll you'll see him shaping his um, his legacy very very early on. Let's say. And you mentioned obviously the British politics at the moment, uh, and without focusing too much on that, because again we will sit here and talk about that for hours. But obviously we know that Charles met Liz Truss several times, kind of in the days following the Queen's death. But they sat down for their first audience this week, so that is the weekly meeting that the uh, PM always has with the monarch, and that is to fill them in on kind of what's been going on in the Houses of uh, Parliament to let them know kind of world lead uh, what, uh, what other world leaders are up to well, what's going on yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and this one was obviously well, a historical this is- thing because it was the first one we got a photo of it we got a video and he was heard kind of mumbling a little comment when she walked in uh wasn't she? So they shook hands and he said you, you what was it you're, you're here again dear oh dear which has obviously been dear oh 
Yeah. Very I mean, well, Oh, ha- hang on. Let's hear that impression again. No, I'm not going to do that impression. <laughs> I don't know why I just slipped into that. I, I mean, I'll leave those to, to Anne uh, when, when she returns. However, um, um, certainly the king was heard to, heard to mutter, dear, oh dear, as he greeted Liz Truss. And this was at Buckingham Palace on Wednesday night. Of course, a momentous occasion. He's met her a couple of times over the last few weeks, uh, most notably, of course, after the passing of his mother, when um, she'd only been in the job about four days, I think. And uh, she was passing on her condolences, of course. And I imagine he felt quite sorry for her because she'd been thrust into this spotlight that... Um, yeah, Willis Truss was one of the last people to. Well, she was the last person officially to 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 meet the Queen and uh, before her passing. Um, and of course, the cameras were there to capture this historic moment. Um, but I think I think reading between the lines, the King was probably a bit perturbed that these the cameras were there to 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 to, to bother him and uh, and mistrust. But as he was hosting the the prime minister as one of the reception rooms um this clip that we all saw is when truss enters the room the king's equerry announcer by saying prime minister your majesty she steps forward she shakes his hand there was a bit of an awkward curtsy stroke bowing moment and then she says your majesty great to see you again and he sort of smiles and he says, back again. <laughs> and uh, she responds as well, it's a great pleasure. And then he says, dear, oh dear. Well, anyway, and then sort of gestures to the uh, to the to the media who had been sort of capturing their every move. But it was just the way it was seen. And if you haven't seen this, I mean, it has gone viral. I know that um, the, the one video that was posted has been seen God, nearly 10 million times or whatever. But it's rather embarrassing for Liz Crush. She is having an awful time of it at the moment. Most of her, her own doing, it must be said. Um, and uh, God knows if she'll be, she'll be, she'll last the week. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting time for politics and the royals to be merging because not only was Truss brought into the fray as the Queen's last um, last public engagement, the last her, her last public duty ever, and now Truss is really fighting for her own uh, survival, and uh, and the King will probably most likely be welcoming him his, his his second prime minister in a matter of weeks stroke months so yeah watch his space i think and we also got a little glimpse into charles's office as well and we saw we knew before anyway but we saw that he's keeping up the queen's tradition of keeping lots of family photos you know scattered around the room and there was one of megan and harry's wedding photos which i think was something that lots of kind of royal fans i know were really pleased about uh, to notice that he was kind of keep keeping them despite everything that is going on and we will come back to that later as well but that he's still keeping that lovely family memory in pride of place in his kind of private private uh, area of the palace which is lovely <laughs> and how long will it still be there for we still haven't had harry's book so maybe it'll mm. uh, it'll be put behind some books or put something a, I put don't like know. a vase we'll, we'll or something in front of it yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah now on to the coronation because that is very exciting and we've got the date for that so may 6th next year so they very kindly avoided my birthday because there was lots of talk about it being the same weekend as the jubilee so I might get my birthday off this next year, which is lovely, because the coronation is the well, month so early. You're, you're a June baby, are you? June, yep, June 4th. Oh, that's all very nice. It's a summer birthday. See, everyone wants to celebrate in the summer, don't they? Lovely. It's good. And I might actually get to have a pint this time rather than spending the whole thing in the office. <laughs> good. Of the Jubilee. Well, I, well, I hope you do. But, I hope, uh, yep. Before that, we will, have, we will have the coronation. And May the 6th has been chosen. And interestingly enough, there was sort of a four-pronged 
I'm going to test my knowledge now to see if I can remember the four prongs of why this decision was made. Ooh. So, first of all, in no particular order, uh, whether the Abbey and the Archbishop of Canterbury were free was obviously one because of you know they're pretty two integral parts of this I, whole event. I love the idea of it being put back a few days because the Archbishop was like on holiday or something. Like, oh, sorry, I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm busy yeah, that day. I'm going to be in Benidorm. I can't. <laughs> he's at Glastonbury. Yeah, sorry, he's going to come in, be coming back a few days later. So that was the first one. Second one was whether they could deliver it in time. Obviously, you know these are. Uh, well, we t- you'd say long-held plans, but of course, we'll come on to that in just a tick, that it's going to look very, very different of coronations of old. But the second one was whether it could be uh, go off without a hitch and whether they could deliver it. Yes, they could. Third one, um, I'm going to forget the third one. I'm going to go to the other one. Third one was, what would the weather potentially be like? Which okay. I thought was very interesting. Makes sense. Would, would, so would the weather, and apparently statistically speaking, um, or scientifically speaking, I suppose, the weather is better in May than June in London stroke the UK. I suppose London. So <laughs> that's why, allegedly, I mean, nobody's bothered to look into this. So this the palace <laughs> feeding crazy lines. But um, is, is that the case? Have they actually decided that May would have been better? And fourthly, uh, obviously, whether, whether the, the the king wanted it, it to be on a certain date and whether the government thought it would be a good idea as well. So they've gone for May the 6th, which is a Saturday. And why I think this is quite significant is because there's been a lot of debate about whether we would get an extra bank holiday. Now, still, the, the Downing Street and the, pal- the Palace were saying it was a matter of Downing Street. Downing Street are the ones who choose bank holidays. So still, I mean, the, I saw the Daily Mail had some campaign saying, give us another bank holiday. I am being told there will be no extra days off. Aww. So one option is they might move one of the bank holidays. Again, I don't no, this could be this could happen maybe it will happen i don't know if there's a big deal for it to happen because you've got the coronation on a saturday listen there'll be loads of people on the streets it will be a big party weekend anyway so you've got it on the saturday there'll be loads of street parties loads of people coming to london loads of people in towns and town centers and cities and parks all around the country watching it on big screens i definitely do think it will be a big event but you do have um may day which is on may the 1st which is the monday beforehand and then there is a different uh bank holiday at the end of may in the uk which is on may the 29th so i don't think they're gonna move the last one maybe they will move the first one to the following monday are you keeping up with me Am yeah because i'm thinking but- cause that wouldn't make too much different because if you could or even if you put it the friday perhaps and got the day off before or i mean what does it matter really yeah. you got it on the saturday everyone can have a good time and you can recover on the, the sunday maybe it would happen on the monday but may day is quite a big day in the calendar for the shops as yeah, well that's true or, or businesses pubs and people like having that bank holiday so does it really matter the other thing and I think this is sort of like a 4.1 almost, is that the fact that the king didn't necessarily want the, uh, I mean, June the 2nd would have been, well, will be the 70th anniversary of his mother's coronation, which was 1953, 70th anniversary of her, um, repeating myself, coronation. He didn't want it to overshadow that, um, that event. And so therefore 
it all sort of came into place that May would be a good idea. Therefore, we've got May the 6th and uh, lots to look forward to. So what are we going to look just forward really quickly, to? Just really quickly, before well, we come really yes. quickly, just to interrupt, May 6th, Archie's birthday, which is something well, that's that, I mean, of that's people's... Well, I mean, that's the only fly yeah. in the ointment, isn't it? I mean, that's got some people's back up, but come on. I mean, gosh, you've... You know, does it really matter? I mean, yeah, one one would assume they will come over. I can't imagine for the life of me that Harry and then Meghan won't be here. No, they surely, surely they can't not. miss it. They came, They're you know, they came for over. the funeral. It would. It's one of those things. I think if they don't come to this, I think they're kind of making a very strong statement well, about their royal statement futures. In it. Yeah, that's yeah. I think you're totally right. I think that's a huge, huge statement. It's a hugely significant um event no doubt they obviously wouldn't want to leave i don't think they'd leave the children there on on uh on archie's birthday at all so i think they'll come over for the week and they'll do they'll do, they'll do the coronation and they'll be able to hang out with some family who knows what the relationships will be like then i said made a little joke earlier about the you know putting the photograph of the family behind some books or revals but we still don't know what the content of harry's book will be and if you've uh, read some of the reports that have been written over the last few weeks if Harry is feverishly re- rewriting chapters or he's toning it down or what's going to happen with the book um, your guess is as good as mine at the moment but things could look very very different by the end of the year let alone May the 6th so um, what will it look like? Look like it definitely it's going to look very very different from the Queen's coronation the Queen's coronation had about 8,000 people in the Abbey I mean, they must have been standing on each other's shoulders because I was in the Abbey with 2,000 people during the Queen's funeral and it was very, very packed indeed. But it went on for three hours. Three That's hours is such crazy. long. Like even a wedding in a church for an hour is, you know, you're kind of after an hour, you're sitting Too there a much. bit like, oh, a bit uncomfy. You want to move and go. Yeah. Three hours I mean, is a long listen, time. It's three hours long. There is an awful lot of outfit changes. It sounds like something sort of... Uh, like a Mariah Carey concert, doesn't it? But <laughs> there is a, I don't think we'll have as much as yeah, the outfit changes. There's a lot of talk about whether the, the peers will, will be wearing lounge suits or all dressed in robes. However, you know, how much scale down can you have of a man in a, you know, in a big crown next to a queen with another big crown, which again, with his shrouded in controversy, because there's been some arguments and hoo-ha over, over whether, the Queen Consort will uh, will be able to wear a certain crown. Um, you've still got to have the tradition. And people love the pomp and pageantry and ceremony that the Brits do best. So I hope it isn't sort of a cut price little version of a, of a coronation. I'm sure it won't be. But we will definitely see pomp and ceremony. Um, Charles will want to, 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 to keep those traditions, to honour them, but to also... Be very, this is what the palace are briefing to be very very aware that there is a big cost of living crisis going on in the world at the moment and people don't you know want to massively thrust down their throats however by saying that in the same breath you then have to appreciate that the the king will go to the uh to go to westminster abbey in the golden state coach which was refurbished at enormous expense for the queen's platinum jubilee and so uh i suppose you could uh you could caveat it by saying at least it's getting another outing well that's my logic if if you're not using something like this for a coronation what is the point of what are you it? doing like exactly. if, if, you, if you don't Just... use it for this this is the kind of the biggest royal moment 
if we're not, yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. But I know what you mean. I completely understand that they can't have this huge, great, big, massive ceremony. But they do also need to celebrate the royal fam. In my opinion, they need to celebrate the royal family because this is what they do. And if you take that away, then it's it's a kind of different question altogether, isn't it? But you know, it will be good. It'd be lots to look forward to. So, did they say the guest list is looking to go down to about two thousand? Is that the the figure I saw? That is one of the figures being mentioned. I mean, there's certainly there'll be a lot of uh, disappointed peers and, you know, um, I suppose you get the big, all the Commonwealth leaders, the prime ministers, you'll get uh, other uh, s- serious players on the, the European monarchies and heads of state will be there, of course. But um, but again, I, I, it doesn't need to be three hours. Interesting, again, mentioning Arthur for the second time, but he, he said he was 12 when the coronet, the last coronation um happened and he can even remember watching it he said that this was a you know a really sort of dark and depressing time there was still rationing in the country and people were were really really struggling but they put on this huge event for the country and i definitely think that it could be a unifying force for the country because people do like an excuse to marvel at the splendor of the royal family and as long as it's all still going well for them um and there's not you know too much more controversy of charles accepting bags full of cash and uh, and whatnot um we'll, we'll have to see i mean a week is a long time in politics <laughs> at the moment we'll see what eight months do to uh do to do to the royals royal but, family um, but uh, i'm 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 looking forward to it already and i think it will uh, it will be obviously a majestic and splendid occasion so lot to look forward to definitely now quickly we mentioned it briefly but uh, forgive my pronunciation here talk to me about is it the, the Co- Coenor diamond Coronor Diamond. Coronor. And this is uh, so. I'm going to give you yeah, a bit of a crash course on Coronor Diamond. I mean, it's uh, this has been spoken about certainly a, a lot this week because um, the Queen Consort could be essentially banned from being crowned in the Queen Mother's Crown, which contains one of the world's biggest diamonds. And this diamond is certainly um, shrouded in controversy because of the sight of it being placed on the so the head of a British royal not only risks inflaming already big tensions between the UK and India over trade deals um but but also it's uh it's quite a disputed artifact i mean it's a priceless piece this crown that's fe- it features 2800 diamonds it's got the f- a front cross holding the, fa- the the famous 105 carat coronal diamond one of the largest cut diamonds in the world but um this nervousness comes over the fact that uh, the controversy of, stems from the ownership of it, really. I think that's because it originated in India, but it's also claimed from other countries in the region. And nobody really knows sort of where it's come from and very much um, just, just dispute over whether we actually should see it out again. So would we see the Queen Consort crowned alongside the King in a different crown? Um Many people will say, does it matter? I mean, again, you're talking about cut price versions and slim down as you know, you only have two uh, two royals sitting there in uh, in very, very fancy robes and, and big diamond crowned hats. So <laughs> we'll have to see, I suppose. Now, obviously, if we talk about Charles's 
first um, kind of few weeks as king. We've also had Kate and William's first uh, month as the Prince and Princess of Wales. So they've done a lot. We've seen them. They've travelled to Wales for the first time with their new titles. They started off in uh, Anglesey, which is obviously where they lived and they kind of had their first home together. So we know that they're very fond of that. And then they went down to Swansea. Uh, what else have they been up to? They Oh, they took over Radio 1's Newsbeat, didn't they? Which is kind of the BBC Radio 1's daily news show and they turned interviewers didn't they they were a bit harsh mm-hmm. on themselves i think they did quite a good job they did all right and so i just mentioned anglesey because anglesey is, is such a beautiful beautiful place my, my wife's family have spent an awful lot of time uh, uh, in, in north of wales they're sort of from uh from the northwest of england and uh, and i've spent a bit of time there as well it's absolutely stunning that that place and uh, interesting enough you heard William and Kate say um, that Anglesey was a refuge for them and how they sort of were able to bring themselves out of the, the royal limelight, I suppose, and set upon their path um, to their to their current roles and, 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 and how it felt immensely special, Kate said. So it was nice to see them returning. I know that the they're locals are still very, very fond of them as they, they are in Norfolk as well. Um, but yeah, move, moving on to, uh, to to Radio One. I mean, this is uh, part of their mental health work. We've seen them, I mean, taking this incredible um, campaign really to the mainstream. And it, what was really interesting because I was looking into the sort of history of Heads Together. It was interesting that William said at the time when they set Heads Together up. Forgive me, I can't remember exactly when it was, but it, gosh, what are we talking? Eight years ago, maybe. Something like Gosh, that. Gosh, yeah, it would have been. Yeah. So when when they set that up with Prince Harry, William said when they tried to get um, celebrities involved, nobody wanted to be a part of it. And that tells you how much they have really shifted the dial. And I know the conversation is much more uh, out in the open, much more in the mainstream, but they have really, really become major players in that in in that sphere. And I think that that's so commendable because it is something that, Everybody is talking about it. seems that every other celebrity wants to be a part of that conversation. Um, and, you know, for the most part of when people do get on that uh, on that particular train, it does seem fairly genuine. But they were the real the real pioneers, I suppose. And they were the ones to, to put their neck out and to say that this is a real big societal issue. And of course, it has so many offshoots. You're talking about Kate's work with child development and of course that has a, an effect you're talking about midwives so we saw kate at the royal surrey hospital oh um, there was such cute a few photos days ago from well. that she was Everybody cuddling some very very cooing. little babies very very cute very very cute so um so this you know this is um you know it's, it's something that we're, uh, we're 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 excited to see because where do where do they go in these new roles? What are going to what are they going to be um, what are they going to be doing? I don't think they're going to shift the dial too much. They're not going to rock the boat. They're going to do things quite similar to how they've done them in the past, and uh, and then we will see probably next year. I'm going to say after Earthshot, then they've both been in the states, and uh, we've had a bit of a breather perhaps because it's been a fairly wild ride over the last few weeks, hasn't it? Yes, yeah, so you mentioned about them hitting the ground running and that's really true because as well as obviously the Wales visit, they went to Northern Ireland and there was great pictures of them making cocktails, which was really fun. I love seeing them do these kind of events and it was nice actually seeing them do something fun 
you know, they've got obviously a more senior position now, but they're still doing the fun stuff as well, which was Yeah, good. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's, uh, it's good to see, it's always good to have a photo opportunity, isn't it? And it does allow the, 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 the media to then do a different take on just a, a royal visit. And whether it's Kate holding a baby or William, we see, saw, saw him uh, yesterday putting some boxing gloves on at the, uh, at, um, at an event with uh, sort of young sporting hopefuls and talking about the Olympic legacy. Um, uh, but, but again, it gets the message out there. Uh, the, the, obviously, a really important visit to Northern Ireland. The fact that they, they've chosen that as one of their first um, first events, first uh, first engagements as the new Prince and Princess of Wales is, is very, very important. I mean, I think we've, we've, we, we need to see that. We need to see what this new role will bring. But I, I, don't, I do think it will be baby steps for the first few months. Certainly, we'll get this year out of the way and then we'll see, you know, where will the big first royal tour be? Where will the first big announcements be? Will they just stick to environment early years? I don't think so. I think there's another a big, big shift now that we could see them take on, well, again, much more of the environment. But what what are the real big issues that matter to the young pe- to, to young people? What are the big issues of our generation um, and the generation after us as well? And I think that, um, and certainly, they will have more of a platform because there's less members of the royal family. Um, I've said all this all the time and it's definitely what has been explained to me that there will be a period of collaboration so whether that is we're going to see Kate and Camilla out more we're going to see Kate and Sophie Wessex out um, doing doing more engagements together that will come and I definitely think 2023 will be the year of collaborations so again watch this space I say often but I definitely think and, and you know what speaking of Sophie Wessex um Again, very, very much under the radar. Um, she was in the DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo, talking about sexual violence amongst women, something that she's had a long-standing commitment to. Uh, very, very difficult country to, to, tr- to, to operate in, to travel around. But she's been doing that expertly well over the last week. Again, she was in Rwanda late, uh, earlier this week as well, talking about... Um, the opportunities that charities have within the region to be sponsored by British organisations to to help uh, um, organisations to help helping with the people's sight in in the in the region and this is something that I think there's a real big opportunity for for Sophie Wessex indeed the the royal family because there's obviously less major players within the streamlined, slimmed-down monarchy operation. And uh, and I think the people want to see that because she's definitely a safe pair of hands. People want to see her. Um, people like her as well. So all more for Sophie Wessex. Definitely. Which is, you know, people are used to me saying that. So. <laughs> no, it's been really lovely seeing her out more. And actually, we've seen all of the royal family haven't we we've seen princess anne's done lots of engagements uh prince edward's done lots too it does as you said feel like they came out of that morning period and it felt like all of them really jumped straight back into it which we know that was what philip always said and what the queen always said was you know just kind of get on with the job and it feels like we've seen them all take that advice from her which has been really lovely to see and kind of straight back into raising awareness for all the causes that they really care about which was really lovely well definitely and you talk about princess anne i mean she she was a, a very under the radar of engagements where she had four of them over in new york um 
she becomes the first royal to, to senior royal to visit the US since Harry and Meghan moved there. Um, I, I know there was an awful lot of uh, discussion about her carrying her own bags and flying commercial, but I wouldn't have expected anything less with uh, with Princess Anne going over and representing the firm overseas. Um, but yeah, it, listen, there is we need to have a bit of stock, don't we? There needs to be a bit of um, uh, downtime. Not necessarily downtown, but but a, a bit of you know sitting back and really taking a a, a moment to recognise what has happened within the family and within history over the last few weeks with the Queen's passing because it's something that is taking um, or going to take quite a bit of getting used to. It. I mean, the name of this podcast has changed, for instance. The name of uh, the post boxes or the signal on post boxes and stamps and the fact that it took quite a lot of time for broadcasters and journalists such as ourselves to, to stop saying Prince Charles. I'm sure there's going to be people still, still saying it, but it's slowly, slowly, slowly becoming into the sort of um, vernacular and and into our consciousness, and the more we see it, the more we will get used to it. And there will be right up into the you know the, the as we get to the, the the new year, I think more talk about the coronation, what that means, and more talk about uh, the way that the royal family are going to come together. Just to quickly mention as well, uh, Princess Eugenie and Jack Brooksbank had their wedding anniversary as well this week, which was really lovely. So they shared a really cute picture online, which I liked. It was the one of them in the back of the car, the black and white shot, which was kind of less of a royal shot, more of a kind of fashion, you know, a more modern shot, which was really lovely and very Mm. hard to believe that that's been, gosh, what's that, four years now? 2018? Yeah, four years. Wow. Which is blown by. Now, over to America uh, with Archie and Lilibet. So there have been a few reports today, and I just want to get your views on them, that Harry spoke to Charles when he was back in the UK for the Queen's funeral about Archie and Lilibet's titles. So obviously we know, and there's been so much discussion around the Sussex children's titles, and that's because they didn't automatically get them when they were born, and that is because at the time they were the great-grandchildren of the monarch. Uh, This was also the case for George, Charlotte and Louis. However, the Queen actually stepped in and changed the rules on it because obviously knowing that George would one day be king, it didn't make sense for him not to have a HRH title. So that's why the Cambridge... Oh, sorry. You just said people weren't making mistakes anymore. (laughs) And I've done it immediately wrong. The Wales children... I think people are doing that a bit more because that is something... Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it's a tricky one. It really is. So the Wales children weren't meant to automatically have them, but the Queen stepped in and handed them their HRH. HRH titles, but for Archie and Lilibet, because they are further down the line of succession, they didn't. However, then when the Queen died and Charles became the king, Archie and Lilibet became the grandchildren of a monarch, which may means they could be made HRHs. Have I got all of that right? You have. I'm Yay. very, I'm very <laughs> impressed. That was very, very impressive. So yes, of but course, it hasn't happened on the, <laughs> on the death of the Queen. Well, no, it hasn't happened officially. We don't know whether it's it has or it happened because uh, they haven't been updated on the royal website, and their titles are still Master and Miss. Uh, William and Kate's new titles were instantly updated with the Prince and Princess of Wales, as as was previously announced. But of course, um, on the death of the Queen, Harry's children, as you rightly said, Archie and Lilibet, are automatically they uh, as the grandchildren of of uh, of the of the uh, of the monarch. They get those titles, but 
It's very interesting because um, in Denmark, we saw a bit of very big controversy uh, last week when Queen Margrethe came out publicly and said that she was stripping the titles of her grandchildren, of of her her youngest son, um, in order to give them uh, a better start. She was saying that she wanted to give them more rounded opportunities in life. And yet it's caused a real big problem within the family. And she even then came and put out a public statement and said that her decision was standing, but she would sadden that it called rifts in the family. And very interesting that, um, that, you know, a lot of people saying that Harry did speak to uh, to Charles um, at the, uh, at the, at his grandmother's funeral and, and certainly had made um, those representations saying he wanted his children to choose themselves. Um, Again, that doesn't really stick true to what they had been telling certain uh, avenues and and sources of their own um, by saying that they they didn't want titles for their children. Now it turns out that Harry really, not necessarily wants them, but he, he definitely wants them to choose. I think the king will decide that this slimmed down monarchy will not have a place for Harry and Meghan's children to be prince and princess. So um, he hasn't taken it away yet. We still don't know the decision. Again, it's uh, it's, it's my understanding that he's still mulling it over. But I, I think, you know, if I was a betting man, I'd put, I'd put a 50p piece on the fact that he will not allow them to uh to keep their titles and i think that um, that's something that we uh we may see the fact that um he may issue the letters patent to to remove them but uh, about as yet it is unresolved so we'll wait and see and that logic of allowing the children themselves to make the decision when they turn 18 is the same thing that Prince Edward and Sophie Wessex did with their children, didn't they, with Lady Louise and James, that they, when they turned 18, could decide if they wanted to use it. Because obviously there's lots of discussion that Louise has just turned 18. Um, so there is kind of, that has been done before, but obviously they were the children of mm. the monarch. So again, while they have dropped right down now, when that decision was made, they were a lot higher so it's oh, it's all very complicated, isn't it? But it'll be it interesting is very to see complicated, what you know. And I suppose we 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 won't know until we know, will we? So that's the thing. I think there's been an awful lot of things going on at the moment. There's a fractiousness within the family. It isn't helped. It's not just the fact that uh, I mean, uh, again, I've said before, still an awful lot of nervousness within the camp about whether Harry's book will change the relationships. I mean, these relationships are in the gutter anyway, aren't they? I mean, regardless of whether. Uh, the Queen had, the late Queen had previously said they were much loved members of the family. Charles had said in his first address to the nation as king that he, he, he had their, they had his support or whatever it was. I mean, this is this is definitely um, something that that could change markedly um, after Harry's book. So uh, again, I, I can't I can't nail my colours to the mast on this one. <laughs> I, I don't. I think I think he will choose to not give them the prince and princess titles but um but again it could it could get it could get worse before it gets better now in nicer sussex news um mm. there was harry did a really lovely call actually i thought earlier this week so obviously when the queen died megan and harry had been back in the uk to attend the 2022 world child awards now they couldn't go because uh harry had 
you know, would on his way to Balmoral, and well, understandably, they didn't attend. So what he did was he did a video call with the winners to kind of have a chat with them and to kind of fulfil the promise of speaking to them all, which was really lovely. And and during that, he gave us lots of really cute little updates on uh, Archie and Lilibet, actually, which was lovely. As always, he's so good at these kind of calls, isn't he? Where he's just chatty and he feels very relaxed, especially if there are kids there. So uh, there was uh, four-year-old Henry um, from... Uh, uh, Bridlington asked him how the kids were doing, which was nice. And they said, Archie is very, very busy. And Lily is learning to use her voice, which is, I think most parents with young children know that when kids finally start kind of chatting away and learning, learning all the different words, which is fun. Um, and he also said that Archie has got uh, a very squeaky voice, which I thought was really cute. <laughs> very, very cute. Also said that Libet is walking now yeah. and alongside with Archie. Archie and his squeaky voice and um it's I mean again like you said he that is his bread and butter he feels very very comfortable especially with kids we know how great he is with with the children and uh it is very nice to see him looking so happy and not bogged down with the business of family feuds and arguing with your loved ones because everything is much better when you are happy exactly lovely well thank you so much for joining me russell and thank you for everyone for listening as always we're on social at pod save so that is the same as before and it hasn't changed and until next time pod save the king